Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network for this Tuesday, December the 27th. We thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Good morning. Good morning, Chris Woodward. Good morning. And in Kansas City is our good friend Ray Pritchard. Hey, what's up, Tim? How you doing? Doing well. Uh, Weather report from KC. It's 20 degrees and it's cloudy, but... Considering that over the weekend it got down to minus seven and thirty whatever wind thirty below windshield twenty feels balmy. This is like shirt sleeve weather now. So yeah, isn't that the truth? It's funny how you know comparisons. Oh yes, will make you. You know, uh, it was under ten here last week uh-huh. where we live in Tupelo. And now it's 34 outside, and I'm going, this feels good. Yes. <laughs> Normally, I'd be saying, "I, you know, yes, I don't like this, 34, it's too cold. We're into whiplash because yeah. we are just talking about, by this weekend, 70 degrees. Yeah. Where we live here in the southeast. And no wonder people get head colds and... Mm-hmm. What do you wear? Sniffles, and, I know, <laughs> right? And hay fever and all that stuff. Yes. Listen, uh, this is an extremely uh, serious weather situation in the northeast part of the country yeah and our good friend steve tiber president and ceo of eight days of hope he lives in buffalo Mm. and he um he's going to be on with us in about seven or eight minutes here to tell us uh, how that city's doing doing with this uh what turned into be a deadly winter storm chris yeah yeah, we're up to more than 50 now nationally that are uh, dead from the recent storms. More than uh, most of those are from the western New York area, Buffalo. Uh, this morning they've risen, they've increased the death toll there in the Buffalo area to 35 now uh, that have died. According to the Associated Press, some of the deceased were found in their vehicles, they were found in their homes, even in snowbanks. Uh, one man uh, reportedly died while shoveling snow outside his home. Yeah. But I, that could bring on a heart attack mm-hmm. if you're stressing that, you know, yeah. that stressed. I, you know, that area of the world is is used to some snow. They got six feet about four or five weeks ago. But I have never seen this amount of snow combined with the cold. There were pictures of houses that are near Lake Erie. Uh, Buffalo is in Erie County, so it's it's right there at that eastern edge of the Lake Erie. The houses were covered with ice. I mean, we're, I, when I say covered, I mean covered, not just the front porch. Roofs, everything, just covered with ice, spray that's coming in off the lake there. And, and freezing on contact, right? And freezing on contact, snow drifts. Uh, at, at one point, I, I think I was reading this morning, where basically all the, uh, the fire department vehicles that had gone out to help people got stuck in snow. Uh, emer- you know, ambulances, all that sort of thing. It was the worst possible combination of winter weather. Mm-hmm. I-, I think probably it's going to go down, uh, certainly on record. Yeah. Right. You go speak annually up in the state of New York. Is that anywhere near where you go? Uh, I'm in more the, the northern part up in the Adirondacks where they get a lot of snow, but 
it's, you know, you could get a foot or two of snow up in the Adirondack Mountains up there where it does get very, very cold. But as Fred said, when those storms come in from the west, as most of them do, they come right off Lake Erie. And Buffalo is right there on the shores of Lake Erie. So when it comes, uh, you can get well, so a, a friend of mine, a Word of Life missionary who's up there basically trapped in his own home, four-foot drifts, five-foot drifts, six-foot drifts. And as Fred said, then you've got the ice on top of it. This is a life-threatening situation. I guess, Fred, maybe the worst a snowstorm on record for Buffalo, which is really saying something because they get hit every single year. Yeah, they do. You know, they're they're hardy folks. You have to be to live in that kind of environment. But this this is uh, probably the worst that I've ever seen in that area. Yeah. So Steve Tiber will be with us uh, in just a few minutes to tell us what it's like to live through this firsthand. And he sent video footage I saw to some folks, and um, I'm sure people who keep up with 8 Days of Hope, Steve's been communicating to them. Yeah, one of the most disgusting things coming out of it was the looting. I know. And saw that. And and police have pointed out they weren't people breaking in to get bread and milk. They're they're getting TVs, and they're getting washing machines, and and that sort of thing. So it, it was items that they didn't need to survive. But taking advantage of this, of the period, they knew the police were busy doing other things in other right. parts of the city. But it's it's disgusting to, that people would take advantage of it in a dire situation like this. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, do you have another story? Yes. Before uh, we get to Steve, Steve will be on with us in about four or five minutes. Yes, I do. And this is weather-related. Uh, while all this is happening in the eastern part of the country, out west in Washington State, we've had people um, attacking uh, electrical substations. Uh, we've had four, as a matter of fact, in the Washington state area, uh, and based on someone, uh, terrorizing these, uh, facilities, uh, we had thousands without electricity over the weekend, um, more than 10,500 people. You mean like vandals? Like, yes. Like they go in and, uh, we've all, we all know these substations. Mm-hmm. We see them out, you know, out by their lonesome. Yeah, we see them and, and they're usually unprotected except for maybe a a guarded uh, uh, a fence mm-hmm. around the uh, substation, and, and you're saying those those were the same thing. That's the same thing that happened. Was it North Carolina or South Carolina? It was in of, North Carolina, and that can put thousands and thousands of people out of um, out of electricity. Yeah, and on a week uh, like this, I mean, Washington State obviously they're experiencing winter like everybody else is. Uh, so thousands of uh, people without electricity for just a few hours can be deadly. Let alone for do they know who did this. Days. No, they don't. Uh, it does come at a time in which investigators are still looking into um, those incidents in North Carolina. And, you know, every once in a while you get on a news outlet and you'll see somebody warning about maybe the, the safety and the integrity of our electrical grid, that it's open to uh, attacks or it's susceptible to attacks. This ag- would appear to be that, uh, you know, people are seeking to do harm and looking to cause uh, widespread destruction uh, by attacking, the, uh, attacking these uh, substations. Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Does anybody exactly what are they doing? Are, are they shooting guns? Are they blowing up things? And, I mean, the North what? Carolina one, they were shooting them up. This one, um, they uh, vandalized equipment there and caused a fire that caused <coughs> caused destruction at the substation. So okay, so so yeah. I, I'm I'm just I got one one other question here. You know, we talked about the, the looting in Buffalo. 
you can at least say, well, people are walking out with TVs or, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But you're not gaining anything. So is this is by shooting up a, or vandalizing a, a power substation, isn't this some kind of act of political terrorism? Or eco-terrorism. Um, there, okay. there have been calls by the radical environmentalists, the one that think climate change is real and it's bad and it's going to get worse unless we do something to curb emissions. There are some of those really radical eco-terrorism people that have called for attacks on facilities. I don't know whether these people are connected with these incidents, uh, but to have two in different parts of the country, um, North Carolina, Washington State, it, it doesn't look good and something needs to... Uh, well, that would at least, uh, to Ray's point, that would at least give a motive. Mm-hmm. A twisted motive, but right. a motive nonetheless for uh, attacking. Uh, you know, if that continues to happen, if it happens again, there's going to be some. You're going to have to start putting up guards or, mm-hmm. or cameras or something. Yep, at some of these uh, substations, so that you can catch these people. In these you know. cases, uh, out west in Oregon, um, the problem is too. I mean, these these. Substations are surrounded by fences, but these people found a way to break through the fences and then proceeded to damage. And this AP story doesn't tell us exactly how they damaged, but proceeded to. to, This is troubling uh, because it just points once again the warnings have been out there for many years that our power system, Mm -hmm. our electrical power system in this country is very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You you know, Tim, I remember. 15 years ago, <coughs> almost 15 years ago, when I first started coming on AFR, and uh, one of the very first, it's just stuck in my mind, one of the very first interviews we ever did when I first was co-hosting with you and, and, and back then with Marvin uh, was uh, was on this question of the infrastructure and the weakness of the infrastructure. I mean, we've been talking about this for years because experts have been warning us right. that America's infrastructure is at risk. So, okay, it, let me just jump on one thing and make a suggestion that bothers me even to say this out loud. But if it is a political slash eco-terrorism from the left, from the right, mm-hmm. usually then somebody issues a statement. Yes, we did right. this and we're going to do more. What I think is troubling to me is the thought done in Washington and then done in North Carolina. What if this is some kind of dry run right. to, 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 you know, for, for something bigger later? It is We're in a dangerous situation, it seems to me, where our infrastructure generally mm-hmm. – uh, is is very liable. It is very open yeah. to an attack like this. Match that with the people out there that will do like a cyber attack on an oil pipeline and cause big, mm-hmm. you know, big trouble there just for people to get back and right. forth to work with not having electricity and you're in a world of hurt. Yeah, you got a lot of bad bad actors out there, you know, around the world who hate the United States, mm-hmm. you know, and not like to see nothing more than uh our power grid. Yes. Go out of service, especially in the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. You know, attack. No, maybe not nationally, but uh, that oil pipeline that shut down. What it was it two years ago or so? Mm-hmm. Colonial that pipeline. affected thousands and thousands of people right there. Yeah. Um, well, joining us now from um, Bu- Buffalo, New York, is our good friend Steve Tiber, President CEO of Eight Days of Hope, and a native of uh, Buffalo. Steve, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. Uh, belated Merry Christmas to both of you, and 
Um, I, I did ship you a present. Uh, it's it's just a bunch of snow in a box. You should get it tomorrow. So well, get ready, guys. We got plenty to spare up here. Bless you, uh, bless you for that. <laughs> hey, Steve, uh, and I know it's uh, you know uh, you can, we can find humor in things, and and and, right. and and we do, and we have to to survive as as humans, right? But uh, it, th- this is an extremely uh, sombering situation and and uh, serious situation in your your neck of the woods in that uh, yeah how many people yeah you know it really it really people? is tim really since uh the tw- i'm sorry since uh december 23rd um an epic blizzard you know i've lived in buffalo for 42 years of my life and never have seen the conditions that we've witnessed the last four days um you know all the throughway shut down you couldn't even see the front of your car i was driving to go get my daughter who i dropped off of at work at seven o'clock she worked at a veterinary clinic at nine thirty as I was going to pick her up, they shut down all the roads. And I tell you, if my son wasn't working an app, so we knew where the road was and the next light, you know, we, we could have very, very easily been like so many others stranded on the side of the road. And, you know, you, tornadoes happen on a moment's notice. Sometimes hurricanes, you have multiple days to plan for. And, and we knew the storm was going to be bad. I don't think anyone realized that the city of Buffalo would have over four feet of snow. 20,000 homes without heat and electricity. Um, you know, 35 people have passed away. It's been a very sombering Christmas season here in Buffalo. And um, I guess the good news is it's passed. The snow is gone. Uh, but, you know, on our building, the satellite of, of Eight Days of Hope in Buffalo, you, you know, we have about seven feet of snow and drifts. And, and yet already some local volunteers were making dehumidifiers and fans available to churches who had pipes freeze and we've been digging out people with bobcats and and doing all we can but boy this is a mess guys it really is yeah i was going to ask you about what the response has been it's hard to well now now you can uh, develop a response i'm talking about from eight days of hope sure uh, sure because so tell us about that yeah so there's still a driving ban in the city of buffalo and talking to the team in the mayor's office they expect that ban to last for multiple days so it's not like we can ask people from Mississippi and Tennessee and Ohio to come up this way because once they reach a city, they're not going to be able to get in. And the roads are impassable, Tim. I, you know, I got to the city yesterday to our building, found a couple of our pipes had frozen and water everywhere, and it was disheartening. But again, when you hear just four blocks from our building, someone had passed away, um, they just got disoriented and they were trying to find a way to, to a house and, and they couldn't. And you know, it's, it's it's humbling because it's a snowstorm, and you hope that people just would find a safe place, but people panic, and when they lose their heat and electricity, and, and they have no milk for their infant, or they feel, you know, they, they need a dialysis or something medically, and, and, and they panic, and so... Again, unfortunately, this this morning the mayor announced seven more deaths in the city of Buffalo. So, it, wow. it's it's been a tough season, but we are going to do all we can locally uh, to help. Now, here here's some good news. Good news, bad news, right? Tomorrow the high is going to be 48. On Friday the high is going to be up to 52. So the good news is, you know, the roads will be open. The bad news now you have to watch out for flooding because there's so much snow around. Mm. So keep praying for the people in Western New York. All the throughways still are not open. I think I ninety is still shut down for another hour or two, uh, but it's going to be a it's going to be a multiple day process yeah. here. Steve, uh, uh, on the recovery front, I was reading I think somewhere mm. this morning where the grocery stores have started to reopen. So there's there's a little bit of recovery going on now. 
You know, there is. I, I just <laughs> I just had a, a, an elderly neighbor I, you know, I reached out to and said, hey, do you need anything? He says, man, I need milk in a big way. And so, yeah, the stores opened up, the grocery stores, both Wegmans and Tops, the two big stores in Western New York, opened at 10 this morning. Again, in Buffalo, you still can't get on the roads. And so these families who haven't been to the grocery store to get their, their meds refilled in the last four days. And that's what we're trying to think you know, through with some local churches. How can we support those who are elderly and they can't get the basic things? And again, we're going to be working with some of the local churches to see what we can do to help these people out. But the good news yeah. is stores have opened in the city of Buffalo. People are walking to them. Um, but yeah, it's, um, we see some light at the end of the tunnel. Ray, do you have a question for Steve? So, Steve, how does this storm compare with huh. with with what has happened? I mean, you would say in your lifetime the worst ever in Buffalo. Yeah, I'm I'm 62. I lived during this 77 blizzard where 35 people passed away. Roughly, uh, I was stranded at my girlfriend's house for multiple days. You just couldn't. I mean, you just couldn't get anywhere. Everywhere, wherever you were at when the storm hit, you were there for multiple days. Here's the problem. The city of Buffalo, you know, there's about 400,000 people, a million people in the metropolitan area. The city of Buffalo had almost 60 inches of snow in a blizzard, in a blizzard. And so all the side streets haven't been touched yet. I mean, the two side streets that our building sits on, we sit on a main street called Kensington. But our our, our building, which is 100,000 square feet, 11 ministries are in the building. We're, we're in between Parkridge and Clarence. Neither, neither of them have been touched because there's cars that have been abandoned in the middle of the street. So they got to get the cars out, but they got to get to the cars to get the cars out. So again, it's going to take multiple mm. days. Uh, the National Guard has showed up. Um, and again, the, the plan is being put in place, but this has been, this yeah. has been the worst I've ever seen in my life. We, you know, we, we hunker down on Christmas day and my kids build an eight foot igloo on my front lawn. No kidding. An igloo. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's wow. just, you, you try to, you try to find something right. good in a real bad situation. But right now, you know, we're just, people are being told, stay home, wait a couple more days, help's on the way. Yeah. Well, listen, Steve, what's the uh, what's the website? I know you guys got plans coming up, Eight Days of Hope, for you just got yeah. uh, through in Louisiana yeah, yeah. and so forth. Yeah, we just left Louisiana. Uh, we've got a safe house. We're starting in Ohio. Uh, we're going to be down in Fort Myers next week trying to figure out how we can get down to help families rebuild after Hurricane Ian. People can go to our website, 8daysofhope.com, or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please continue to pray for these families, not only here, um, but so much of the country saw just so bad uh, ice storms and and snowstorms. But uh, say hello to our friends down in Mississippi, and um, um, again, look for that package, Tim. You should have it tomorrow. Okay, Steve. God bless you, brother. Thank you very much. Take care. God bless you guys. Thanks for calling. You know... um, for Steve to say that's the worst, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's ever, ever seen, seen. Having grown up and lived all those decades in, yeah, yeah, in Buffalo, um, and you know, you could see how what he's talking about, and I'm sure this happened to other places, not just Buffalo, but people get uh, turned around, mm-hmm. get disoriented, mm-hmm. think they're going down to Walmart or whatever, and then next thing you know, they can't drive, yeah, because it's blinding, you know. And then they think about these people that are going to be missing their medicine. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a, a quick soundbite. It's 10 seconds long. He had mentioned uh, some of the medical concerns of people there. Uh, I have a clip here. It's Buffalo area resident India Walton talking about how bad it is. Clip two. This is by far the worst storm of my lifetime. There are folks who 
have not had dialysis in a week. Um, there are moms who can't get formula for their babies. And that's big. Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, I mean, just, yeah, medical appointments, urgent medical appointments. Yeah, one of the other problems you get into when you have this amount of snow uh, and it just keeps coming because they said there was supposed to be another nine inches today is when they start plotting, where do you put all this stuff? Yeah, that's that's why yeah. you need it to melt. Yes. There's nowhere to put it anymore. They had six feet about four weeks ago. Uh, so that that's another one of the problems. Uh, right. Is what do you do with it? Well, and, and when it melts, which it's going to start doing tomorrow and the next day, presumably given those higher temperatures, what do you do with all of that water? Yeah. Tremendous, tremendous danger of flooding. So Yeah, and then you've got refreezing. Hmm. At night, if it gets over, you get black ice on the roads then, right? right? Yeah. Uh, but, Ray, you lived you lived 20 years in Chicago? Almost, yeah. Almost 20 years. So you saw your share of uh, blizzards and so forth, didn't you? The, the first year we were there, it started snowing in October. And I asked a friend, a longtime Chicagoan, when will this melt? He said, April or May. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was joking. He wasn't joking at all. It it was there. It felt like it was there forever. And when you when you move into the area from the south, you're just not used to the idea of one storm after another. And you don't realize that snow can turn black. You know the stuff that's been there by the side of the road, Fred. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You could. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's beautiful when it's falling. Yeah. Boy, you the, the, know. Kid, the kids get real excited uh, with these snowfalls. I, I think one of the worst areas I've ever seen was in Quebec City, and I drove through there in a January. And basically, you could could only see the tops from the street. You could only see the tops of the roofs of the houses. You could not see the house. The snowdrifts, the piling up was that bad. Almost tunnels into their houses. I mean, this this is part of the the world that a lot of folks are not familiar with. Yeah. So the drifts, uh, that's where, you know, if you if you think about uh, snow, a lot of us think, well, that's it's a silent, beautiful thing out there, isn't it? <laughs> yes. When you see a, a you know, you, when with Christmas also, card snow, yeah, <laughs> about three or four inches. That's just more the kids get he- heavy snow, three or four inches, right? <laughs> well. For for down south it is right you know yeah, right. three or four Walmart run yeah yeah I always wondered about the people who you know it just all you got to do is mention there's a possibility of snow and there's just a run on right on milk and bread and eggs and I'm going like you mean so so you're telling me we're getting four inches of snow but you better be able to eat cereal <laughs> that's, huh that's right, right. <laughs> if you can't eat cereal and make scrambled eggs then that's it uh-huh. you know you're going to be they're going to find you in the spring <laughs> or so forth. But those drifts, uh, that's what the w- the wind howling like it was in Buffalo. and When it's really dry snow and you had that wind that comes in there. And they were reporting up to hurricane gusts sometimes over the last few days there. So that just whips that snow and the snow whips around a building and it builds up into drifts. And it can be right. those drifts can be eight, nine, ten feet high. Right. Uh, wow. It's it's a it's another world when this kind of thing happens when yeah. you're living in that part of the world. Well, I guess what they just experienced in Buffalo was a once in a lifetime storm. They, like like Steve said, they've always had storms in that part of the country mm-hmm. in the winter, but uh, this was unlike anything. Yeah. Uh, most 
folks from that part of the world had ever seen, and that's saying a lot. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a time out right here. We'll be back with more news of the day uh, on today's issues. I'm Tim with Fred, Steve. Uh, Steve Jordan will be here in a few minutes, but Chris uh, Woodward and Ray Pritchard. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. Hello, this is Walker Wildman, and we want to ask you to consider American Family Radio and American Family Association for your year-end charitable giving. Jude chapter 1 says, To those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. So from all of us here at AFA and AFR, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a joyous Christ-filled New Year. The changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, on our spiritual heritage tours in June and September of 2023, we're going to be going to the Arlington National Cemetery. It's one of our stops, and we'll be seeing the gravesite of John F. Kennedy. We'll be going to the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier that I just mentioned, which is just a, a very patriotic place to be in those hallowed grounds of Arlington National Cemetery. So it's going to be just one of our stops on one of our days. We're going to see the Capitol building. We're going all over Washington, D.C., including Mount Vernon, George Washington's home. So if you want to go with us, then go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Spiritualheritagetours.com. The itinerary, the cost, the dates, everything is there. Spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Much-anticipated revival of Looney Tunes cartoons has blown up like a crate of Acme Dynamite. The new series debuted on HBO Max, but not before undergoing a 21st century cultural cleansing. It seems Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam have been disarmed. The executive producer telling the New York Times Elmer will no longer carry his oversized hunting rifle and Sam won't have his giant pistols. It's not clear if the decision is based on recent school shootings. But that's not to say there won't be any cartoon-style violence. Looney Tunes says there's plenty of episodes where characters get blown up with dynamite and Wiley Coyote gets flattened with an Acme anvil. But guns? No longer allowed. You know, it sounds to me like somebody dropped a giant Acme anvil on the programmers at HBO. They're really singing a Looney Tune here, folks. Suffer and succotash. I'm Todd Stearns. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Psalm 27, verse 4. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, with Fred and Chris and Ray, and we thank you for listening to AFR. Anybody have any problem with their pipes uh, bursting or anything? No, we kept the the water running uh, yeah. in the taps overnight, and uh, that always helps a little bit. Yeah, uh, get you through it. But we uh, had, we cover the little... outside uh, taps, do all that stuff. What did you say, Ray? We had a little problem on uh, Friday night. That was the night. Got down to minus seven and thirty below windshield. Woke up and then on Saturday morning, and the faucet right by our front door, the out outdoor faucet, you know, for you hook up the hose and water the lawn, uh, frozen solid. Mm. And I had left a little little bit of a drip there, but frozen solid. And, of course, immediately you're starting to panic because, you know, if the frozen is one thing, if the pipe breaks, you got another whole issue going. So I said, Marlene, we got to have some hot water. And we got a little we got a little hot water brigade going from the kitchen down the stairs, out the front door, pouring it uh Pouring it on the uh, on the thing, and finally, it finally loosened up. I got my finger up in there, and we put a you know a towel on top of it, and then poured the hot water through the towel under the faucet, and uh, thought thankfully it, thought it out, thought it out, and since then until this morning, uh, we've had a pretty steady drip going there, and the uh, and the towel to keep it hopefully to keep it, you know, inside a little bit. But that's a little scary thing when you see it frozen up like that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, we had a uh, pipe burst here at AFA yeah, and AFR on, what day was that? I think it was Saturday, Christmas Saturday. Eve, I believe it was. Yeah. Yes, um, it was a pipe that, it was actually in the wall, but... You know, it, it was from an. It, it wasn't our newer building. Mm-hmm. It's from our older building, but it was exposed. I, I well, I say it wasn't exposed to the elements exactly, but there wasn't enough uh, insulation to keep it from uh-huh. do, uh, bursting. Uh-huh. And uh, fortunately, Walker had a app that tells him what's going on inside our building, and we were able to get some guys up here. Yeah. But still, by the time it had got here, the water was running down the street. But fortunately, it was in our uh, um, server room. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. It could have been wow. really bad. It could have been really bad. We probably could have been off the air for a few days or something had it had the water reached the uh, servers. But uh, fortunately, uh, it was flowing out of the room. <laughs> but I'm, I'm serious. It went, a, it, went, it went a block and a half down the wow. street. Oh my. That's how much water ran out. Wow. Uh, and it froze. It's gone. I think it's gone now maybe, but that was, uh, it was crazy. But fortunately nobody was hurt mm-hmm. and also, uh, no, uh, sustained damage. Yes. We got serve pro out here and they helped clean it. Are you familiar with them? They did an excellent job. Yeah. Excellent job. Yeah. They were Johnny on the spot and, uh, they haven't sent us the bill yet, so I don't know what Johnny's going to have to pay. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of money, I'm sure, and I don't blame them because they saved the day, mm-hmm. you know. And not not everybody's going to get out in sub ten degree temperatures and 
and help people. Uh, but it, it is, it is, a, it is a bit, that is a business. It is a service. I understand they were really busy, sir. Pro in the area. Yeah. Not just us. It was yeah. in the area. A lot of folks. Chris, you also said the airlines. Uh, yes. Had a mess. Yeah. If you have tried to fly uh, on an airplane the last few days, uh, really anywhere in the country, uh, you've had major problems. But for those in the central to eastern U.S., you've really had problems. Uh, I know a couple that tried to fly out on Christmas Day uh, to go to New York. And uh, as of last night, they were still not there. Um, so uh, thousands of flights. To see family? Canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a reasonable reason. See family for Christmas. That's um, okay, but if you were going to tell like, me they were going to sightsee, I was going to oh, no. question <laughs> no, no, no. their sanity. Yeah, they were going to go from like Memphis to New York, and then that didn't happen. They wind up in Chicago, and then they're living in the Windy City for the entire day. Their luggage, meanwhile, who knows where that is. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, well, that's it's, true. it's major concerns. But thousands of flights uh, have been canceled. Weather is the, uh, the reason. Uh, and we had a stat earlier today in one of our newscasts of about the 2,900 flights that were canceled today. 2,500 of those are southwest. Today? Tuesday? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that's predominantly people trying to fly up north over, you know, in the Buffalo area, western New York. Uh, and the Department of Transportation is now saying it's going to investigate the situation to try to figure out what's behind the Southwest. Why Southwest so many flights? Did we know? I think it's because they are uh, a, a cheaper carrier uh, and they're large. Um, so that's that's two big reasons there. They have a lot of airplanes. And, and I, the uh, CEO of the company, we have a story on our website, AFN.net, and uh, a company spokesman is saying one of the problems is is that a lot of their crews – because of the weather, got stuck in areas, and so oh, are, that makes sense. Yeah, so they can't be where they're scheduled to be today. Gotcha. And so uh, what what they've done is they're waiting for the weather to improve to get those crews to those spots. I'm sure by tomorrow the situation will be much better. But I tell you what, if if you had travel plans, well, there's one guy that was interviewed a Southwest passenger this morning. He has been told that he'll have to wait to the 31st, which is Saturday, before they can get him out of where he is. What is he doing? Like living in an airport or something? He's living in an airport. Like Tom Hanks? Yeah. Yeah, that's – I'm reminded of that <laughs> Ketchup movie. Ketchup on crackers. <laughs> I, um, I, I would love to be in the room, though, when somebody from, like, the Transportation Department, say Secretary Pete Buttigieg, is like, why did you, Mr. Chairman, cancel all these flights? And then he just turns on the Weather Channel. You yeah. Know? Have you seen the news? Like this is why we aren't. Yeah, I didn't like we. It didn't like Southwest said. You know what? We we want to make ourselves and millions of people miserable. <laughs> you know that that'll be a fun thing to do during the Christmas break. Um, well, that makes sense about a lot of their crews being yep. stranded. You know, can't get out, yeah. can't get to their destinations. Well, and they hopscotch to a lot. You know, yeah, they go from that's a good way so, to describe think, it. Yeah, than than these other airlines. They hopscotch from Greensboro to Chicago to Champaign-Urbana. Then they'll do a big hop down to Austin, and when you, which is which is a great way to do it, right? You can go almost anywhere on mm-hmm. Southwest. But when the bad storms hit, if you're in Champaign-Urbana and you got to fly out of say Miami or Jacksonville, you're just stuck there for a while until until things clear up. Yeah, yeah Southwest. More than any other airline has the oddest uh, <laughs> flights. You know, like you said, they'll they'll fly. I don't know, 
Columbus, Ohio to to uh, La, the, to Las Vegas. Yeah, or right. to Boulder, Colorado. To Boulder, going, Colorado. Right. How, what, what, who came and up then, with this? Then back to Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. Just hops. The hopscotch was a good way to. My put parents it. went on a cruise one time, and I'm I'm from the area where AFR is located. Uh, and so my my parents drove to New Orleans, got on a flight there, flew to Memphis, and from Memphis to Cancun, and they saved like hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. by doing mm-hmm. this bizarro travel plan. Oh, you mean like on Southwest mm-hmm. or something like that? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cancun sounds pretty nice right now, Chris. <laughs> so do the Virgin Islands. Yeah. And that's where Joe Biden is going on our taxpayer-funded airplane called Air Force One. Uh, for people that have not heard about this yet, the President of the United States is going to be uh, vacationing in warm and sunny Virgin Islands. Vacationing? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's going to be, and I'm using air quotes, working as well. Um, I'm sure you do um, a lot of working. I, all right. I, listen, I don't begrudge a president for... No, no. For have you know for vacationing in somewhere warm when it's cold, but I would just say this is also it's a bad look right now. Exactly. Yes. And that's where I was going. Oh, is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a bad look right now when when we have all this misery mm-hmm. uh, to take off now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my right. But I'll make a prediction. What? Unlike when uh, Senator Cruz of Texas. Happened to go down to Mexico when they were having all those problems in Texas, yeah. the power grid. Right. The mainstream media went nuts. Mm-hmm. Totally uh, that's nuts. True. I remember that. How, uh, if how I was, could, how could Senator Cruz go to Cancun? Yes, <laughs> when his constituents are suffering with this power loss. Uh, if I'm a betting man, um, I looked just before I came in in the studio. And I found nothing on the Associated Press of Biden even being in the Virgin Islands. Nothing. Zero. So and he hasn't gone yet, or, or they're no, not he's covered. supposed to arrive yeah. there uh, today. Travel, travel. Uh, cold weather is not impacting his uh, travels. Uh, I have a bit of audio here. That seems like a little bit of a media bias, Fred. Does, does that really exist? With a capital B. You're talking about they favor Biden, but I've this, detected that, Tim. But this Cruz, <laughs> the same group of people, huh? Yeah. yeah. I've right, got some you- um, some audio here. It's it's Fox News personality uh, Rachel Campos Duffy and South Dakota Governor Christy Nome talking about the whole situation with um, Ted Cruz getting hammered and Biden going to the Virgin Islands. Clip 11. I remember Ted Cruz getting in a lot of heat media-wise when he took off to Mexico uh, during an ice storm in Texas. Yeah, that's what's interesting. And that situation with Ted Cruz was unpredicted. Uh, With the president, he is uh, perpetuating all of this himself. This is a national security threat that he's bringing onto our country and creating crisis after crisis by allowing us to have a border that's not secure by not following through on policies that secure the American people, by increasing our energy costs, food costs. People are suffering, and he's going on vacation. So I honestly wish the the president would go back to his basement. Wow. (laughs) Tell us how you feel. She got a flamethrower for Christmas, by the way. uh, Ray, you also got the – I didn't think about this. I was thinking more about the winter storm that we talked about that hit a large segment of the country and mm-hmm. so many deaths people out of power flights delayed miserable a miserable christmas travel season and yet the president is going off to the caribbean is a bad look but you also got the border situation oh yeah 
that's a bad look too. Of course, he doesn't care about that. I know that, but that just adds to a lot of people looking at that going, here you have a, uh, a, our borders being overrun in Arizona and Texas. I mean, it's literally overrun. The border agents can't control it. And you're leaving the country. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, for, no, not on a, a business trip, but on a pleasure trip. Yeah. And I just think, you know, like I said, Ray, you said. The, the media is going to yeah. cover. They're going to cover for the president. Yes. You know, they came after Ted Cruz. That's what they do. And Joe Biden's going to get a pass. Yep. That's just the way it is. Yep. Uh, that's, uh, that's why they call them the liberal media. Yes. Because they are. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, the liberal media does, they cover for their own and their own are the Democrats. And they don't even try to hide no, it they anymore. Don't anymore. The media. They, mm-hmm. they don't try to hide it. No, because Corrine Jean-Pierre. <laughs> yes. Right. I got that right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She, uh, she doesn't even, she can just, I'm talking about the white house spokesperson. She can just stand up there and lie through her teeth mm-hmm. or gaslight. And there, if, if Peter Ducey isn't there, there's nobody there to hold her accountable nope. for her words nope. or what she says. Yeah. And and um, anyway, but that's the way it is. It's been that way for a while, uh, the, the terms of the uh, liberal media bias in our country and, and the way that they cover. That's the reason the Hunter Laptop story never got any coverage, really, sure. <laughs> except, in, except in conservative um, medium, and again, it wasn't about Hunter laptop, Hunter Hunter Biden's laptop per se. You know, it was about all the financial dealings that are documented on that laptop mm-hmm. that he and his dad took. Uh, what am I? Uh, what am I trying to say? What they partook in? While while he while while Joe Biden was vice president, and how Hunter Biden cashed in on that, yes, and of course the Republicans are going to be investigating that in a few weeks when they take over the House of Representatives. Yeah, we had a story, but uh, it still won't be covered by the liberal media. No, I mean they're just now getting around to confirming the laptop. Right, uh, CBS right. just is just did a story in the last couple of weeks. We had the sound on. I think Steve did a story for us on AFN as well. Uh, but, yeah, CBS, uh, after the midterm election, was like, oh, yeah, and by the way, the Hunter Biden laptop is real. Back to you. I mean, it was like one of those buried in um, the second segment of the newscast kind of stories that no one Yeah, saw. you wonder why Fox News gets such high ratings. Yes. Uh, and, and Newsmax does, but they don't get what Fox gets. But you wonder why they get such high ratings. It's because there's nowhere else to go mm-hmm. for – you know, half at least half to the truth yeah. about what's happening. Yeah. Uh, but the, you, you look at these mainstream media, CNN and others. Uh, they're, they're dying. They're still focusing CNN. on January 6th commission. Yeah. Going heavy on that. And, I mean, nothing's going to come of it. Yeah. You know, I, I look at Yahoo News every a couple of days um, just, just to see what they're highlighting. Mm-hmm. And you can tell <laughs> how liberal they are mm-hmm. because – they select the stories that they cover. Now they'll throw a National Review article in there, or Business Insider article in there, you know, just to give a, a, some, a, Ray, a sort of an appearance of of a balance. But it's right. it's it's five to one 
Uh, hu- Min- minimum five to one. Yeah, Huffington Post <laughs> stories about how bad the Republicans are and how bad conservatives are. And so, but that's, you know, Yahoo News, I don't know, they're probably top 20 in terms of where people get their news. And if you, if, if they're not told about what's going on and they're not watching Fox News or listening to AFR or something like that, then they're not going to get the, mm-hmm. they're not going to get the information. Yep. You know, they're not going to be told the truth. Yep. Well, what's happening? Uh, unless the that uh, we have a story coming up at the top of the hour with Steve mm-hmm. to go more in depth, but uh, Elon Musk, God bless him, <laughs> he he uh, he is he's shedding light on some very talk about liberal media bias about some things that went on back during COVID right. and uh, the post-election. Right, Chris? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, the Twitter files. Uh, other people have different phrases. Uh, but there's it's been kind of coming out in a trickle. And um, in the past few days, we've just found a ton of information. Long, long story short, uh, people in government, uh, perhaps even going back to the Trump administration, uh, were working with people at like Twitter and some other social media outlets to try to um, – combat what they viewed as misinformation when it comes to covid uh treatments uh alternatives what news outlets aren't telling you that kind of stuff and through elon musk and these other people kind of going through and figuring out who covered up what and how uh we're starting to learn that a lot of information out there was labeled misinformation and because of that because government and big tech were colluding with one another many people were misinformed uh and didn't get the whole picture you know this is an extremely serious situation Uh It's not just an article in a liberal magazine that got uh, that was biased. Right. This was this is an extremely serious situation that needs to be investigated. The Republicans had said, have said they're going to do that uh, in the next few weeks. I guess they'll get started on this because what Elon Musk uncovered was um, was akin to what happens in communist countries. In terms of the state controlling the media, right now, uh, what happened with Ray? Did you read this where the FBI paid Twitter, right, three million dollars to reimburse Twitter for doing the work that the FBI said they needed to do to ban people or to control the messages about COVID. You know, we, we, we talk about a free press, but how free is the press when you've got the the arm of the government, right. when you've got the FBI, FBI paying a, quote, private company, which has this huge, this huge and influential platform, paying them to do the government's bidding, especially to ban voices they wanted to get off the platform. Peter McCullough? Yeah. He was on last week with us. He was banned. A lot of uh, people were banned who didn't tow the the Fauci line during COVID. They were banned on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they, they haven't even investigated Facebook and some others. That they're probably going to get investigated too. Uh, now, here's the problem with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Last week, they called. They did, they issued a press statement. They called people that were worried and concerned hmm. about the connection between the FBI and and uh, Twitter, for example. 
they said that people who talked about that were conspiracy theorists. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. I thought that was highly unprofessional of an organization's PR team, like FBI's, to use that terminology. Yeah. They should have just stuck with the facts of what they did or didn't do and let people decide for themselves whether it's conspiracy theory. By the way, I heard somebody say this a long time ago. Uh, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Y'all heard that before? Yep. And, and that's true. Yeah. And with with this, uh, there you can call people cons- – when you call somebody a conspiracy theorist, you're, that's supposed to be the end of the argument. Yes. In other words, these people are nutty. They believe in Bigfoot and Flat Earth, and so they're discredited. Yeah. Sometimes a conspiracy is true. Yes. Uh, and now you have to prove a conspiracy. But let me tell you, I, I saved this quote. This was a post on Fox News website last week, uh, which answered the uh, question about the FBI paying Twitter $3 million. Uh, they said, what if, uh, oh, yeah, see, what the FBI claimed was that they were telling Twitter, hey, there's people are potentially violating your own com- company standards. So you may want to look into them and possibly, you know, uh, cut off their access. Uh-huh. That's what. That's what. So the FBI was doing the job of Twitter to try. This is what the FBI said. Well, all we were doing was telling Twitter, uh, we're out searching the world's tweets, and these these this group of people and that group of people may be in violation of your own company yeah. policy. Well, uh, this person said. What if they were only, quote, notifying Twitter of, uh, no, he said, wait, if they were only notifying, in quotes, Twitter of potential, in quotes, terms of service violations, then why would they need to reimburse them for actions yeah. Twitter made on their own? Uh-huh. LOL, I don't believe them, this guy says. I would need to see an itemized list for the reimbursements before I do. And that's a very good question and a very good point. Sure. If the FBI says we only reimbursed Twitter for time they spent or work they did, uh, well, they did that uh, because you you told them they needed to. That's right. So that is the federal government controlling the speech of private citizen America. Yeah. No question. There are some phrases that the left are using now, the Biden administration, the media – Conspiracy theorists, yeah, and threat to democracy is the other. That's another good one that yeah. they use. Uh, not good in the sense that it's really good, but that's one they use. Yeah, if and they, dis, disinformation. They love that word too. Disinformation, threat to democracy. You just uh, start tracking that every time you hear that now coming from the Biden administration. Green Jean Pierre, you know, threat to democracy. All and the, and they get to decide what's disinformation. Yes, they alone. Yes. Right. Yeah. By they, I mean the left. They and, get and they have the support of the media, the mainstream right. media, which just parrots the line of Corinne Jean-Pierre every night. Yeah, I, Ray, I do think that uh, the Republican Congress is, is going to have, the House of Representatives in particular, they're going to have, uh, Christopher Ray's not going to get off easy here. No. The FBI no. director on this one. He's probably not looking forward to this. Cause Look, it's, it's it, almost, it, go ahead. We have, we have talked about this many times tim we've 
we've seen conservatives or so-called conservatives run for office and make great promises to us, and then we're disappointed when they get to Washington. Tim, if there's ever a time when we need conservatives to actually stand up and be counted, it's in this upcoming uh, Congress right. starting in January. We need the Republicans. Actually, we need them to be as strong as the liberals on the other side have been in exposing what has really gone wrong in Washington and across our country. Mm-hmm. I uh, I am cautiously hopeful, and I wouldn't go any, th- any, any more than that, cautiously hopeful that this time they will take courage and do the right thing. Yeah. One thing I would like to know, I hope, hope the Republicans uh, – inquire about this. How is it that Joe Biden has become a multimillionaire? Hmm. Where'd he get his money? They, public public he, service, he Fred. He and Jill are multimillionaires. Where did the money come from? Because one of the allegations is that Joe Biden, when he was vice president, made a whole pile of money because of his connections with China. And uh, so did his son, Hunter Biden. They became millionaires. Well, his son, Hunter Biden, was getting paid millions of dollars to just for access to the White House. For, yeah. I mean, that was clear. And Hunter Biden said... Uh, that's that's illegal, by the way. Yes. Hunter Biden said, don't forget the big guy. You I want to I know who the big guy is. Right. You can't trade on your connections with your vice president's father. The, the reason that those rules are in place is... To keep your, you from being compromised. Yes. So if Joe Biden, who knows, we'll find out, I guess, maybe, is making a lot of money privately off Hunter Biden's dealings with Chinese companies or Ukrainian companies or whatever. Mm-hmm. If he was making any and he didn't even have any qualifications in a lot of times in these matters. Yes. But he's making millions of dollars is... Joe Biden getting part of that. Is he the big guy that gets 10%? If I was a Uh, betting man, I would say yes. And the same people that should be investigating these things are the same ones using conspiracy theory and threats to democracy willy-nilly. Yeah, we'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.